We are in the midst of a series entitled, Are We There Yet? Lessons from Joshua on the Way to the Promised Land. Not Joshua Lawrence Chambers, but Joshua from the Bible. That story is a great story that you're probably familiar with. If you have watched any sort of movies over the past 10 or so years, he has been featured in a few movies about the Civil War. Generally, if there's a movie on the Civil War, Joshua Lawrence Chambers shows up somewhere in that movie because he was that big of a deal. He was a pretty big deal. But it took him time to get there. It took time for him to become who he was when he was the leader of that main division. He spent some time preparing for prime time. Joshua did the same. Joshua spent 80 years preparing for the one day that he would become leader over Israel. 80 years he spent preparing. It's kind of a theme if you look throughout the Bible. People aren't just thrust into leadership positions. People aren't just asked to step up right away and start going. Generally, God will send them off and prepare them. For the most part, if you look at a lot, most of the great leaders of the Bible, Jesus included, they spend time apart preparing to become the leader that God has called them to be. There's a great importance in that preparation. There's a great importance in that preparing for prime time. Before you take on the big show, there's a big importance of what comes first. And a lot of times, especially in a society that wants it now, we forget that. Especially in a society that you can design your own Converse tennis shoes online and have them delivered to you for a mere $65. We want what we want and we want it now. A great deal is lost, I think, when we skip over that preparation time. A great deal of shaping and refining and building and strengthening is lost if we miss the time with God. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, this is the passing of the mantle. When Moses passes to to Joshua, the leadership reigns. When Moses had finished saying these things to all the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old and am no longer able to lead you. I wonder if it was his age. The Lord has told me that I will not cross the Jordan River, but the Lord God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there and you will take possession of their land. Joshua is your new leader and he will go with you just as the Lord promised. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land just as he destroyed Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites. The Lord will hand over to you the people who live there, and you will deal with them as I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God will go ahead of you, and he will never fail you nor forsake you. Then Moses called. That could be him right there for Joshua. And as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous. For you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to give their ancestors. You are the one who will deliver it to them as their inheritance. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. 
He will neither fail nor forsake you. This was a major deal. Imagine what was happening here. Moses, the guy who led them out of Egypt, who stood before the sea and goes, and the sea parts before him. Who, when they were still in Egypt, would strike his staff down and blood would run through the river. Frogs would rain from the sky. The dude had skills. This guy had led them through the desert. When they were starving, food came down. He was their leader. He was the one that saw them through all of this. The one that spoke face to face with God. And here they are, right before they cross to the promised land, what they've been waiting for for 40 years. And he says, I'm going to pass the leadership. It's now his turn. Can you imagine the people of Israel, what they must have been thinking? Who is this kid? Kid, he'd been waiting 80 years. He was a pretty old guy. But compared to 120-year-old Moses, who is this kid? Do we really want to have this mantle of leadership passed at this very important moment in our nation's history? But beyond their questions, think of what must have been racing through the mind of Joshua. When Moses pulls him aside on the brink of such a great historical event and goes, hey, look, dude, (laughs) I'm done. It's your turn now. You lead these hundreds of thousands, million people into the promised land. We've been walking around for 40 years. It's your time now. And I'm not going with you. I can't imagine what Joshua must have been feeling at that moment. Except that he was ready. Except that he was ready. He had spent so much time preparing for this moment that when it finally came to him, he was ready. In Exodus chapter 33, there's a story here that I think is so telling Moses had the job of going into the tent, into the tabernacle, and speaking with God. The cloud would descend upon the tent, which meant God was there. And the people would watch as to what was happening on the inside. Whenever, this is at verse 8, chapter 33. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would, would get up and stand in their tent entrances. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Then all the people would stand and bow low at their tent entrances. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp. But here's the important part here. I mean, you know, God speaking to Moses, pretty big deal. But here's the important part for our purposes. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, stayed behind in the tent of meeting. When Moses left, Joshua stayed to hang out with God. When Moses had done what he had come to do, Joshua stayed behind to spend time with God. Every time Moses would go in there, Joshua would be in there with him. And when Moses left, he was still in there. He was preparing 
He was building his relationship with God. He was strengthening who he was as a person. He was seeing who God had created him to be. So that years later, when Moses pulled him aside and said, it's time, he was ready. Here's my question to you. How are you preparing for that moment when God will call you? How are you preparing for prime time? How are you getting ready for the day that God or someone here steps aside and says, Hey, it's your time to lead a small group. It's your time to volunteer somewhere. It's your time to join a church staff. It's your time to lead. How are you preparing? Because let me tell you, it's the preparation that matters. It's the preparation that matters. We've talked many times about having quiet times in here and about, you know, spending time in the Word. And, and I've said this before, that something that Ray Vanderlyn said to us one time that really struck home to me. He said that you might be reading the Bible one day and just, you know, you're on your constant, you know, devotional time. And you read through and you close the book and you say, huh, whatever, that meant absolutely nothing to me today. I didn't really understand what I just read. It didn't give me goosebumps. I just read through it. And I'm done now, and now I'm going to start my day. He said there might be a day when that happens. There might be a lot of days when that happens. But maybe a year from now, someone comes to you. And they start asking you questions. And they start telling you what's going on in their life. Or maybe a year from now, something happens in your world that your foundation is starting to rock. All of a sudden, out of the deep recesses of your mind, springs forth the Word of God. Maybe it's Deuteronomy, chapter 31. Be not afraid. Be strong and courageous, for I am with you. Maybe it's some other verse that you read so long ago and you haven't thought of since. But God brings it back. It's the preparation that matters. It's spending time with God. And so the question is, do you do that? Do you spend time with God on a regular basis? Like Joshua, do you just hang out with them? Do you just sit in the tent, in the tabernacle, and hang out with God? We don't know what Joshua did in there. It doesn't say. Was Joshua able to speak face-to-face with God like Moses was? Was he just sitting in there listening? Was he sitting in there praying? Was he reading the text? What was he doing? We don't know. But he was spending time with God. He was just there. I think that's the hardest thing for for our society today to do, is to just be. I think in a world that is so fast-paced and so immediate, I think the thought of spending 30 minutes 
an hour just sitting for some of us is quite frightening. I've said this before. I am the poster child for ADHD. When I was a school teacher and I would be rating my kids sometimes, the counselor would come in and say, would you do this form? I'd find myself rating myself going, oh, I need help. Oh, my gosh, that's me, that's me, that's me. He's fine, but I need you. Um, For me, sitting quietly is painful. For me, going into a place of solitude and quiet is something that I have had to truly work on, something that does not come easily to me. I know there are people that love it and that can do it for hours and hours and hours. Donna Streep, one of the other pastors here on staff, is an example of that. She is. She went on this retreat a few years ago um, to Lake Travis, and she went by herself. She didn't tell us where she was going because she thought Scott Hare and I would show up. Um, but she went by herself and did not say it was a silent retreat for, uh, I think, two or three days or something like that. A silent retreat retreat of no she didn't say a word she didn't listen to anything all she did was read (laughs) the darkness surrounds me (laughs) she went and spent time with god she went and spent time with god preparing we all need to do that I've talked about our first year of marriage, Jenna's and mine, when we lived in Oklahoma. And I generally say that we were, you know, brought freedom out of Oklahoma the next year. But Oklahoma for us was probably one of the greatest years of our marriage. We didn't know a soul when we moved to Norman, Oklahoma. We lived there. I had a job. She had a job. We met some people at work. But for all intents and purposes, we spent an entire year together every day we didn't have family we didn't have friends it was us and let me tell you something that was the best thing that happened to our marriage that was the greatest thing that happened to our marriage because we got to meet each other when you date you show a certain side of yourself don't you And then when you're married, those of you that are married, you go, now, wait a minute. (laughs) I didn't know you squeezed the tube of toothpaste from the middle. I didn't know the toilet paper goes under. It's an overwrap. Silly things like that. And then some deeper things as well. But we got to know each other. We were already great friends before we were married. But our friendship was strengthened so much that year. And our love was strengthened so much that year. That when we came back, we were ready. I think our time away was, was our time in the desert, if you will. Building us, preparing us for a life in ministry. Because a life in ministry is hard on families. A life in ministry is hard when... You have different hours and you're not home evenings like normal people have lives. When you're away at weird times and you rarely see each other at times, a life at ministry can kill marriages, not just pastoral ministry. But I think we were prepared for it 
because of the time we spent together. How often do you take those moments? Maybe it's 30 minutes a day to hang out with God. Maybe it's a weekend, a year where you go away by yourself and hang out with God. Maybe it's something that you do with your spouse. How often do you prepare for the things that God is calling you to? Imagine what would have happened if God had called Joshua and he wasn't ready. Who knows where Israel would be? Who knows what would have happened? You might be saying, well, God would have called somebody else that was ready. Maybe. I think it's important in this day and age to remember those times, to remember the fact that God speaks in a still, quiet voice. And then over the turmoil of our lives, over the busyness, over the lives of our families and at work and our kids and the world around us, that we must stop at times and listen and speak to and just hang out with God. That's my challenge to you this week is to just hang out with God. If it's reading scripture, great. If it's praying, great. If it's just sitting and listening, great. But spend time doing something where you're interacting with God. Spend time doing something where you're in preparation. Not all of you are going to be called to be pastors, thankfully, because you might take my job. Not all of you are going to be called to be prayer leaders in our prayer ministry or worship leaders. But you will be called by God to do something somewhere. I believe with all my heart that each one of us is called by God into a leadership position somewhere. A leadership position of maybe just one other person that you're mentoring in their walk with Christ. Maybe it's somebody at work that you're just helping through a difficult situation. If you don't spend that time in preparation, how are you going to be ready? This week, make an effort each day to spend time with God. Make an effort each day this week to stop and to listen and to just hang out. And you know what? At the end of the week, you might feel nothing. You might, feel, you might not feel any different than you did at the start of the week. But you will be different. It may not reveal itself to you this week. But at some point, 
when you're called upon, you will be ready. Be not afraid. Be courageous. And remember that God is with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for being a God that just wants to hang out with us. For being a God of relationship that longs and desires for us to sit with you. Lord, I pray that you would help each of us to slow down a little bit. To ease off the gas and to just sit down and relax to spend time with you. Help us all, Father, to enter into those times of preparation so that when you call us, like Joshua, we will be ready. Meet us this week, Lord, when we seek you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. After the service, there is prayer on this side of the stage with our prayer ministry. And remember, um, it is for anything. Anything you want to pray about or talk about, our prayer team is over there, and they're highly trained, wonderful uh, individuals and people. Next week, we continue this. Uh, Ordinary heroes is what we'll be talking about. Uh, There's nothing that great about Joshua that called him to be a leader except that God called him. We'll see you next week.